The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, Episode 82. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force. I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Thomas Senherho, filling in for Father Fett this week, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meaning. Today we're talking about the second installment in the Cad Bane Western, The Good, The Bad, and The Duro. I mean, hold on, I mean, episode 9 of The Bad Batch, titled Bounty Law. And uh, joining me this week on the show are Mike Creevy. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Angela Cialana. Hi, Angela. Howdy, howdy. And Andrew Hermes. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Good to be back. So uh, before we get started this week, um, we'll talk about the show in a minute, but there's this little tradition on our Slack channel that Mike has started. Um, and I would like to, him to introduce the concept to you, mostly because I am dying to see which obscure reference he used in the waiting line this week. <laughs> well, and not just this week, but uh, I wasn't here last week, so I didn't get to ah. share the one with you guys last week. I don't think I... So here's here's a few... Of, uh, um, I'm going to describe it, but the guys here watching can see to actually have the slips here. So here was here was one from a while back for uh, prepared for Ben Kenobi. Okay, I did lose the Lord Vader one, but what's what's going on here is whenever I go, it's almost every week that we get lunch meat. Um, and whenever I order lunch meat at the local grocery store, they have a little kiosk there. It's basically an iPad and it asks you, you can just you can put your cell phone number in. I don't do that. You can just go with the number or you can type a name in. It doesn't say your name. It says type a name. <laughs> so not that I would not that I would have moral, you know, sort of scruples over it anyway. But the only downside of all of this is that they so they don't announce it that that would really make it the best is oh, yeah. if they actually had to read it out. <laughs> but I get these slips with the so so somebody's seeing it and they're putting it in the little thing and I come up and retrieve it. <laughs> so uh, the best is they announce it over the loudspeakers when your deli order is done. So I'm walking around the store. But they just say the number. Um, so that's I'm, I'm hoping for the day when they have someone that has to actually read it, especially since it's in like an automatic voice or it's like a like a robo voice thing. Um, it would be so great <laughs> if they were trying to have this like robo voice speak it. So last week. So I've, I've done uh, Lord Vader, Ben Kenobi. Uh, I don't have the salacious crumb one here, unfortunately, <laughs> but that was one of my favorites. This is uh, this is from last week. Uh, Chut Chut Watto. <laughs> I, I thought that's not just a name. I'm going for a phrase. And then, of course, this week I thought it would be appropriate to have none other than Cad Bane, Cad Bane. On, the, uh, yeah. on the list. So I have not yet had anyone in the deli comment when they hand it to me. I'm sure someday I will, but some of these characters are pretty obscure. So, uh, so I don't know. You know, do we? How did we want to do this? It was the idea that we would ask for well, so, names so, people want me to use yeah, or what so, we want to call this or <laughs> here's the deal. here's what i think we should do I, I think i think we should make this a show thing right and and it, i think what we, what we need from you listener 
is a name for this segment of the show. So uh, what are yes. we going to call it? Uh, that's that's what we would like to hear. Yeah. So let us know on uh, Star Wars at SQPN.com or ping us on Twitter at SQPN. And just uh, tell us your ideas for this segment. Uh, what are we going to call this uh, Star Wars Who's Next uh, portion of the show? And, Deli and meat order. I've, I've got more <laughs> plans for it for later. I, I, I've already uh, I've already got some plans for the future for this because I think it'd be really great for us to make a real thing out of this. I, I'm already going to go to Starbucks and do the same thing <laughs> because at Starbucks oh, gonna do they do call your name. <laughs> I think I think we should have everybody at least by next maybe something for next May. Have, get, yeah. get some video of us doing this and then share it in the episode or something make it live. But. Uh, the only thing I could come up with, and it was just one one thing that popped in my head, and I don't really like it, but the only thing that popped in my head was, may the horseradish be with you. But that was, <laughs> like, well, nah. But we'll, we'll think of, we'll we'll think of something, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. So you guys send us your, your suggestions for this, and we'll see, uh, we'll see what we end up with. All right, so on to this week's episode, actually, of The Bad Batch. Uh, this week's episode is called Bounty Lost. And um, I just initial impressions from you guys, what did you think about this one? Oh, well, I, I loved seeing Cad back again. Uh-huh. <laughs> if y'all listened to the last episode, you know that. I, I don't know if it's the Texan in me or what, <laughs> but I just love Cad Bane. Um, and so to hear that score again, there's the little musical motif that Kevin Kiner has got with the with the shaker and everything. I love hearing that rattlesnake effect. Um, so it was great to see him back. It was awesome to see him interacting with Fennec Shand. I mean, I just, I love seeing all the little ends come together. And I think that was my favorite part of this episode was just our favorite aspect is just um, seeing all these things that I've come to love from the different, um, you know, parts of the saga and putting them all together Mm -hmm. in this episode. Um, That's, that's one of the things that I just loved about this. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything. Angela just said, I mean, Cad Bane is such, he's a favorite of mine too. And, uh, and, and seeing him and Fennec, you know, go toe to toe was obviously the highlight. And, um, and as they've been doing all season, I mean, the, the cinematography is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, those fight scenes between them, uh, looked really awesome. Um, and yeah, you know, it was, uh, I mean, plot wise, it was, it was pretty simple. Um, you know, it was a, uh, a rescue mission with, uh, a little, uh, you know, battle between, um, I don't know, have, I forget in the episode, have they mentioned if they ever fought before? Was that, it, they, no, was that the first, he knew who she was. Yeah. So of her at the very least, but so pretty, so I guess we're assuming this is their first meeting, maybe first mm-hmm. of many that we'll see, hopefully, um, and yeah, there, I mean, it was, it was really cool. Um, it was a really good, fun episode. It went by quickly, but it was, you know, action packed. So, um, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah, I, I agree. It was, a uh, it was a lot of fun. It's interesting cause we'll, we'll get into it here, but the, um, um, I, I wasn't sure when, you know, we would have the Bad Batch be able to link back up with, with Omega, how long this, this sort of stretch was going to go. And I was listening to some other shows. I know ahead of time, there's a lot of speculation about like how long it was going to take. So, um, uh, so that was interesting. Cause I, I, it'll be neat to see where it goes from here that that particular little threads, not maybe stretched out as, as I kind of maybe suspected it would be. 
And uh, I'm pretty happy with that just because I, I love them together, you know, because <laughs> it is just, it's so great. And, um, you know, and I'm sure like Andrew and Tom is here too, as, as dads of daughters, <laughs> this is a recurring. Oh yeah. <laughs> just, I can't help. Yep. You know, Noelle, Noelle will see her and she's like, that's Omega. That's the girl who looks kind of like me. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, kind of, you know, so she, she <laughs> sees more of a resemblance to the character. Like, yeah physical resemblance than I do but she just that's a connection that we have so she's enjoying that too yeah and it's it's good um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up in here too because I think it's uh it's really important uh to realize that the the priorities of this group of uh clone troopers has, has changed dramatically mm-hmm. and uh, we see that at the very beginning like so that's the first scene we get of them is is Hunter saying no we're not going anywhere without her but then everybody else like we don't have a choice we have to she's mm-hmm. not here anymore and we got to go we got to save ourselves or we can't help her. And, but that priority shift, you know, from just an asset to no, she's, she's a member of the family is, is really, it's a great view of them as a, as a force and as a, as a team and as a family, really. Yeah. And and to Mike's point, I'm, I'm glad, you know, by the end of it, that there wasn't like a, you know, like a a sneak peek of like, who's going to come after her next. They kind of wrapped it up in a way to where it's like, okay, she's going to be fine for a while. Cause you know, even, Mm -hmm. even like Fennec said, I'll go grab her if you pay me more. And they're like, no, she's good. As long as she's not with, you know, the Lamassu, she's fine. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's not going to be, it doesn't seem like there's gonna be just an ongoing, like, oh gosh, we got to, Who's going to get her this yeah, week? Exactly. Monster yeah. Week next week. Yeah. Yeah. Mandalorian 2.0. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it here. Um, and then say uh, the episode opens with uh, Clone Force 99 and a running shootout with Crosshair's ship as they're trying to jump away. But like I said, Hunter's hesitant now that they've lost Omega. And, um, you know, this, it's, it, this is such a, such a great scene because it really does show they're all struggling with it in their own way but they're all struggling uh with that loss and having almost lost hunter too that's uh it's really wearing on them that this is this is an issue and to top all of that off they're being chased by one of their own and it's just (laughs) you almost forget that because crosshair's kind of been gone for a majority of the season where we've been building them but he's still one of them and they still think of him as one of them and so that's uh, and I and just one quick thing, Thomas, on yeah. that point with him being gone so long that I wanted to say was um, I, I I was at first I was sort of surprised he was out of it as much as he was, but I I was I think it was really brilliant because like we've now as an audience connected so much with them without mm-hmm. him that it is easy to kind of forget how close he is. So it almost like it's like it kind of makes him potentially more ominous or even better of a villain mm-hmm. if that's what he's ultimately going to be in this season. Because you kind of have him tucked away now, <laughs> right? You know, so yeah, it was nice to see him back, but not too much just yet, right? Yeah, they 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 don't have everything hasn't come to a head yet there, and you can really feel that tension still building with them. Uh, they do escape, and uh, we go to Bane's ship where Bane has uh, Omega locked away in a cell, and obviously, kind of we can put two and two together and see that Bane is being. Uh, in the employ of the Kaminoans. And so the Kaminoans, uh, it shows that um, they have hired a bounty hunter to try and retrieve Omega. They want her back. And we find out that not all the Kaminoans are as sympathetic with Omega as uh, Nala Say, which is, uh, was an interesting kind of revelation to me. So Lama Su, who's like the director guy, uh, it uh, has 
Narnalase and Town Wei in the room with him. Now, Town Wei is a very interesting figure to throw in here because she was in the Clone Wars, the movie. So uh-huh. this is a movie character mm-hmm. that we're now pulling into uh, this animated series. And we find out that their primary concern over Omega isn't uh, for the clone herself, but for the DNA that she contains. She is the purest strand of Jango Fett's uh, DNA, which is, makes her Boba Fett's sister. You know, I don't know much about, <laughs> I mean, my, my knowledge of DNA anatomy, I, I try to expand it all the time, but I still am learning. So I was a little bit interested in the distinction that they made. They never said DNA, and I don't know if it's because they're trying to put this in a galaxy far, far away or something, but they always said genetic material. Mm-hmm. And Lama Sue wants her alive, but only long enough to get the genetic material, quote unquote, and then terminate her. So I'm like, what is that really? I mean, I guess terminating her, like, you know, he wants Cad Bane to bring her back alive. He says, you know, make sure that she comes back alive, right? So why? Like, can't he just have her DNA if she's dead too? Right. Or am I missing something? Mm. Is Do they need more than her DNA? Do they need something that they have to take while she's alive because they're saying genetic material. I am, I'm interested in why that is going on, like why that distinction was made. Um, because in my mind, the writers should have, you know, picked up on that. And, and that's why that they kind of made that distinction Mm -hmm. that Lama Sue says, okay, make sure that you bring her back here alive or you deliver her alive. And then ultimately, we're just going to get rid of her. I feel like that's a, you know, it's a common plot device in, in a lot of movies and TV shows sure. where like, you know, catch them, but make sure they're alive. And it's just so that, you know, like Cad Bane could easily have just killed Omega and, you know, took her body to them. And, uh, but there wouldn't be much of a story. Right. So I think, I mean, maybe there is, you know, to your point, maybe there is a, a bigger reason why she, she needs to be alive for them. but. Um, but I feel like, you know, it could just easily be like, oh, they'll shoehorn some reason, uh, eventually to explain that just so, you know, we could have her be alive for the, you know, remainder of the season or however long her character needs to be alive in their overall story. It also reminds me of in the Mandalorian where Dr. Pershing wants Grogu to be alive versus dead. Um, and it's. You know, it's obvious that Dr. Pershing kind of does care a little bit about Grogu, but at the same time, he probably cares more about his work, I would think. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, uh, this is stuck in my head and I'm, I, I have to have it answered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's, they've got, they've got to give an answer about those, these, these tubes. Like, what are these tubes? <laughs> right? Yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> They they keep referencing them and and they they keep coming up and it's not one of those things that Dave Filoni's just going to throw in there for, you know, whatever random details sake. He's the kind of guy that's well, going to put it in there to make a point with it. So I don't know if you remember we saw the tubes like um, back at the beginning of this episode for sure or not this episode this season for sure and I'm trying to think if they were in the movies too but. Um, I think when they were, they were, they were really on small, Camino, right? Like the little, yeah, almost like the matrix. It was for the little, 
embryo right. um, clones were in tiny tubes. So this depends on how you want to define them, right? Because yeah. if this is the early stages of what ends up being those tubes that we see in the Rise of Skywalker, right? The the remainder of the, the right. Snokes and the, the things like that. The formaldehyde jar. Yeah. <laughs> Then, you know, like these are just the early stages of those things. And as they get better at them and evolve them, they become more and more like that final product. <laughs> Mike's, brought, brought, my snow Mike's brought a snow cover. <laughs> it, it definitely, I mean, the, the, the aesthetic, you know, and a lot of people pointed out in that, um, that episode where I forget the name of the, was it Siege in yeah. season two of Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So when they, they, they attacked that facility and, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people pointed out that the, the music was practically identical, not, not exactly, I guess, but it was, you know, you don't do that by mistake, you know, but the, the music was almost identical to the Snoke music. Um, and it definitely, it, it was kind of vague what was in that, that particular tube, but yeah, this, you're right. I mean, Filoni's not like, these aren't, these aren't random occurrences this is all very much part of the lore and i'm looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing how it connects um and then what implications it has like for grogu as well you know because uh, he's not that's not the last we've seen of him of course i wonder if they're trying to make like clone soup right so <laughs> they've got and this is i'm going to jump ahead a little bit because we, we see these we see these <laughs> test tubes in this in this episode but the, but this like really when you when you put all the dots together and you and you really think about this um She's a clone of Django Fett. Uh, Boba Fett's a clone of Django Fett. All the clone troopers are clones of Django Fett. The one character, like everybody talks about, oh, Star Wars, it all ties together, it all ties together, right? The one character that ties everything together, especially if these test tubes end up being what I think they are, which is like, you know, preemptive vats for trying to make a clone of the Emperor, right? Then... He is like the central character of all of Star Wars. Star Wars, Django Fett. It's it's Django Fett Wars. That's well, <laughs> father listening to this whenever he is is just going to go nuts. I know. That's, yeah. that's what I was like, I was like yes. the one guy we need yes. here this week, right? <laughs> I've been he's saying like, this. Like, I told you, Attack of the Clones was the best movie. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. So that's. But I, you know. But it, it's really like when when it comes down to it. If these are, if that's what they're kind of tying these together to be, it's like okay, now we've moved beyond just this cloning of uh, troops to actually like trying to make an because the Emperor knows he's going to die, right? Sidious knows he's going to die. That was the big problem with his predecessor was that his predecessor was going to die. He- he says he has many times, which is the big like, what? Right. And you know. so okay. <laughs> now we've got this this concept of him needing a perfect clone, a clone that can use the force as well as he can. But that also is going to be able to be as full a Jedi as he wants to be. So it's going to be kind of Anakin type uh, athleticism and, and precision and, and all of those skills that Jango Fett brings to the table. But then also the force powers of a, of a being like Grogu and they're trying to just mash all this together into what ends up being a whole bunch of failed clones. But now, you know, they, they're eventually they get things right enough at least. Yeah. And if you were to have told me like 10 years ago that cloning was going to be central to star Wars, like and connecting all of the lore together, I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense 
10 years ago, you know, I mean, obviously we knew cloning was part of Star Wars, but to be so, um, to be that, like you're saying, the, the thing that is tying all these things together is a little bit bizarre to me, like <laughs> as a, you know, lifelong Star Wars fan. Um, but I'm down with it. Yeah. I think the Clone Wars has been around since the very beginning, right? The Clone Wars uh-huh. is referenced in the very first movie. So, you yeah. know, this, this is not a, it's not like Bye they're shooting something in. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, you know, this is, it's not a new thing. It's been around since the beginning of Star Wars. It's just it, now we're kind of seeing everything come full circle. <laughs> well, I, haven't, I haven't seen it in a while the whole way through, but I'm trying to remember now. Did, did, did Rise of Skywalker officially, like in the movie, I know there's a lot of criticism of this with like the movie versus like, oh, well, it was in the novelization. It's like, well, then why not, you know, put it in the movie if it was like the thing that was important. But um, but the question of uh, Ray's father, you know, mm-hmm. the, the emperor's son, there's just I think I think the only mention of him. I remember correctly in the in the, the shuttle bay there, Kylo says, you know, uh, your father was the son of the emperor. My mother was the daughter of Darth Vader or something like that. And so, but I can't remember if in the movie it officially established that Ray's father was a sort of clone or a failed clone or something in terms of the force powers of Palpatine. Did they establish that in the no, movie? Not at all. Because I, I think someone said they did in the novelization that it said it was, that it's canon, supposedly, he, he, that he was a clone. But mm. then I'm not mm. sure about that. I have to look that up. Well, that would be kind so of So one of the fans will know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure one of our fans knows. Yeah. <laughs> to, and then like have one scene of him and his wife being shuffled shoved onto a shuttle and that's it okay yeah and you can't even like see him that well oh you can't uh, you know in the no. scene so uh, oh man he, okay. didn't, he didn't really look a lot like palpatine to me but that's whatever back Doesn't to clone matter. force 99 come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> <I gotcha. laughs> okay anyway speculation aside uh so we we find out that these these couple of dark revelations about omega are followed by uh this ad- adorable little scene of her uh gaining uh toto's confidence in order to escape her cell on cad bane's ship which i thought was just brilliantly done the whole thing uh toto was very well voiced the the whole scene was very well done and then um after repairing his uh leg she manages to subdue him and then narrowly finds her calm before cad bane notices her escape and chases her down and we have the the awesome scene of her using the calm and man the hollow net in star wars is amazing <laughs> that's all i have to say because we you know yeah. we got on this call tonight this is an anticipated call and mike's camera was frozen so like you know just mm-hmm. if you've had any zoom hassles in the last year <laughs> and, and thomas and i are on the same coast right you know <laughs> not so. that far from each other and and you know so if you've had any zoom issues in the last year you know what we're talking about and she's she's able to get from a wrist enabled device to connect with uh, these guys that don't know that they're that you know they don't have like a direct link to her or anything like that she doesn't know that they're looking for them for her she assumes that they are and she's able to get in touch with them from clear across the galaxy and they just basically do a space yui right <laughs> yeah i was like wait how does this burst of energy help like right. <laughs> <laughs> like you're literally like light years away i'm assuming like Oh my! Uh, yep. Yeah, so, and uh, they they hone in on where she is uh, narrowly, and uh, and find their way to her, hoping that that they're gonna they're gonna end up where she is. Um. So, 
yeah, that's just, uh, it's just amazing. The comms in Star Wars always stun me. Uh, but <laughs> of course, Bane can't let her get away, so he catches up to her in this dramatic, uh, smoke laden walk in scene, almost the spurs clicking as he's coming in. <laughs> Very much the Texas thing, right, Angela? Uh, mm-hmm. And he scoops her up, but before he can collect on her bounty, we find that Townway, a character from the movies, mind you, is now dead. And we soon discover that it was yep. Finnick Shand working for supposedly a different client who has killed her and is after Omega. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. <laughs> My favorite part of this, I think like, like you're talking about Bane and Finnick Shand finally running into each other. And the, my favorite part of this interaction is when he, he politely informs her that she's not experienced enough to go after him. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, Oh really? Professional courtesy. <laughs> right? No, I, <laughs> I like how he you know, he kinda looks at her. It's it's very Western, right? He looks at her, he says Fennec Shand, and then he kind of like tilts his hat, <laughs> like uh tips his hat to her and then yeah, you got no business messing with my score, you know. Yeah. It's it, I just love how yeah, they really bring that in um into this. And even though the fight itself doesn't feel too westerny. You still get kind of like the scuffle sort of feel to it, uh, rough and tumble. But um, yeah, the dialogue was golden for me. Yeah, okay. so. It was it was excellent. I, they they really hammed up the western part of him in this because I went back and watched some of his scenes in the Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. yes, the hat, yes, the the two pistols. It's all western, right? But there's no point in the Clone Wars where he gets this much straight up mm-hmm. you know unforgiven clint eastwood style uh western out of the the character so this oh, is they're totally fantastic. leaning into it now yeah <laughs> yeah i loved it this was uh this was really really great both of these uh both of these episodes have been fantastic for him by the way real quick the, the facility there did you guys get kind of like a it was it kind of had like the like the ghost town kind of feel which was cool just mm-hmm. in and of itself you know but also i i it was almost like a ghost cloud city right Right, kind yeah, of yeah. vibe, right? Like it was, and it, I mean, for the moment, for, for a second, where I was wondering, like, is that cloud city or is that part of it? But right. um, it's definitely some. It looks like an old, like an abandoned Kaminoan facility, right? Like the doors are the same and all that. And but yeah, yeah that was just a, kind of a cool aesthetic, I thought. Well, and the throwback to Cloud City too, because Cloud City is very much a a Western trope in and of itself, right? The mining town yeah. out on the outskirts, right. and you know mm. the the traitorous uh, mayor that takes the mm-hmm. the. Way, wayfarers in and then turns on them because he's got a better deal and he's got to take care of his people you know it's like it's yep. really very good solid western the people a, looking for you got out. here just before you did exactly you know, that yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah so um uh Fennec shand and, and bane get into a a small scuffle here it's not as big as the one that they have later on in the episode but during the process the payment is lost and um, even though they were trying to make a deal out of it, right? So she says, okay, look, you, you know, let's just do the trade here. I've got the money. I'll give you the money. You give me the girl. We're done. Uh, but, and he sort of agrees to it, but then everything kind of gets thrown, thrown off course. And um, the payment gets lost because Fennec's looking out for herself. She's got to uh, take care of herself and ends up blowing up the, the side of the wall with Toto going flying out and the, box flying open and the credits spilling everywhere and at this point it shifts from uh just being finishing the job to bane now wants revenge 
that's that's it (laughs) he's he is not okay with that end to the the situation Mm -hmm. um and they get into uh, honestly this is one of the best fights that i think they've had since the uh since the jedi like there's you know the jedi in, in clone wars they always had really awesome epic fights uh and this is one of the best ones that i've seen and it's great because there's no force powers involved it's just two incredibly skilled uh top of their game bounty hunters and during this omega manages to escape and um finds her way into one of those eerie creepy uh to test tube uh rooms and I, I think there's a lot that you could it, it, this part of this of the episode i think gets hidden under all of the action that's happening but you really see omega now is having to come to grips with who she is and this is the first time that we've had her really have to deal with um you know what her fate is and whether she gets to pick that fate it's an interesting turn for yeah. her yeah I I I don't know if all of that was going through her head at that moment because and I was really wondering what was happening because um so you know earlier in the episode we we as the audience learn why she's so important um but then later on she's asking why are the Kaminoans after me mm. and Hunter's saying it's because you're special and she's like well special how am I special so I was surprised that she did not know who she was but then when i thought about it, it makes sense mm-hmm. i mean if the kaminoans have this clone this very special first gen Django fett clone under their wing you know they probably want to keep that a secret so um the fact that she doesn't know it, it makes more sense now but but she she obviously didn't know as much as we thought mm-hmm. she did um she she didn't know what was so special about her. Therefore, when she's looking into she kind of like puts her hands up on the test tube and she looks in and she has this, this kind of like um, thoughtful face as she's looking in. And I was wondering what was she thinking? Mm-hmm. Because um, obviously she knows what that is, right? I mean, she, we, we know she's got to know what that is um since she was on the in the medical wing you know and and she i mean it it's a it's a cloning planet essentially right the, the camino so um so what was what was going on in her mind um i think you're right thomas later on i believe she was you know obviously you know thinking about all those things mm-hmm. um but was she thinking back to Camino? Like she just saw Tonway killed, right? Right. She she is realizing that there's something happening um behind the scenes that she's not privy to regarding the, the Kaminoans. Um, but is she thinking back to Camino fondly at all? Um, is she thinking back to memories with Tonway? Is she thinking back to Nala Say? I, you know, I, I don't know. It's that's this episode raises so many more questions <laughs> about yeah. all about all of them, right? About, oh, well, what, what do the Kaminoans want? Where, uh, what have they been doing with her? And then, you know, to, to address your point about the clones too, more directly, like why have, why keep her alive this long? If, if all you need is the genetic material and it obviously functioned, right? You obviously got a functional 
clone out of this. Why keep her alive this long? Are they waiting? And this is what I think. This is, this is my, my theory going forward. Are they waiting to see if something uh, sparks in her, like an ability sparks in her? And have they seen that now? And that's why they're willing to grab her back and take the genetic material or what? Right. Because she's first generation, supposedly pure genetic material, whereas the clones are, um, they they were, their str- genetic structure was altered, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, were they anticipating something different? I I almost wonder, like, I don't know, maybe we'll get into this later, but Boba Fett, mm-hmm. um, what they say is that he disappeared at the start of the Clone War. Um, but we know that he's out there being a bounty hunter. And if he's a bounty hunter, I would think he isn't just kind of lying in the shadows, per se. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting that they said he disappeared. Um, but were they disappointed in any way with Boba? You know, mm-hmm. um, were they hoping that Omega was going to come out different? Right. I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, you're right. There's so many questions. We need more answers. We need more answers. <laughs> Angela, did you read, uh, you read Dark Disciple, right? Yeah. Do you remember where, that, that that basically takes place around this same time, give or take a year or two, I want to say. Um, mm. I, I, you know, as opposed to like right up on the edge of, of like the original trilogy. And the only reason I ask it is because he appears in that book. Well, you know, and he's, um, I mean, he's young, like it, he's in his, his whatever, mid to late teens or something. But but it's it's got to be before that book has to take place before Order 66. Because um, Quinlan Boss is alive, right? Right, yeah, yeah. But I, well, I, I guess even more to the point because that's B- Boba's already starting to get out there and get in with with CD groups and bounty hunters and stuff. He doesn't have the armor yet, uh, mm-hmm. somehow. But but yeah, because I was wondering this myself too. Like they're very dismissive about Boba Fett, or well, I mean, like yeah. I guess they're looking it up in the records and stuff. But I, I have to believe the Kaminoans are like, let's have some people on that too. Because, you know, because it's like this kid's out like we can't put everything on either one of them. So there you have Boba Fett's early training is just dodging the bounty hunters that they keep sending at him. Right. (laughs) And and we have the same kind of character here that that, uh, except that she has this team that's helping her out. She's she's having to dodge the bounty hunters that are being sent after her, too. Well, and I I for one, I'm, I'm sure everybody's in the same boat. Big fingers crossed for a live action Omega and Book of Boba Fett mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. decades later. You know, that'll be pretty awesome. And a live action Cad Bane. Oh my gosh. Oh, I can't wait for that. Oh, yes. I would, see, I would love to see Cad Bane go against Han somehow in the, in the lore. I don't know <laughs> oh. if that's been done or not, but that would be cool. Like Han trying to escape Cad Bane. You know, that would be fun. The two of them talking it out with their hands by their gun, oh just like just <laughs> yeah. back and forth. Oh, that would be fantastic. I think my favorite scene from Force Awakens is when they're all cornering him on his own ship at the beginning. You get your, your, <laughs> and he's uh, just so like, he's like, I never made a deal with Kajiko. He's like, oh, oh man, yeah, he's just so 
You get your white herb in uh, Doc Holiday. That's uh, yeah. that's the kind of kind of. <laughs> you know, Han came across Cad Bane at some point. You know, oh, he had to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, that's why I think I think you know to, to answer Angela's question about Boba Fett is I I think he is being shadowy, even if he's making a a name for himself, quote unquote. He's making a name for himself amongst the bounty hunters, right? And right. And mm-hmm. even though we have the Mandalorian. Um, as you know, as a, as a kind of household name that everybody knows, it's more just that he's showing up in, in armor and he's being called the Mandalorian, right? Uh, not that there are, everybody's just shorthanding him as a Mando. They, they don't know his name. Uh, and so I think with, mm-hmm. with Boba Fett, it might end up being kind of the same thing is that the name he's making for himself is one that Han Solo would know because Han Solo's probably been on the other end of that blaster a few times, right? But not necessarily anyone else would know. And so... He's that seedy underbelly kind of kind of the way that um, uh, Darth Maul was able to get away for so long. Uh, still being himself, clearly, but also not getting on anybody's radar until he really wanted to be on anybody's radar. Mm-hmm. It's a big it's a big, uh, big galaxy. <laughs> Do you know what the most ridiculous like edit that I would love to see? Like the, all these retcon edits. Um, where they had, you know, Tim Morrison go back and, and do the voiceover for Boba Fett, like in the original trilogy and stuff, which I'm totally fine with that. I'd love to see him do it for the holiday special Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Matt, like I, if I'm Tim, like I, I'd take that paycheck, you know, how long would that take? Five minutes in the booth? Like you could. <laughs> nobody wants, to, nobody wants to re-release the holiday special, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It was hard enough getting Disney to put the Ewok movies on Disney Plus. Yes. You know? <laughs> They did it. Yeah. Hey, finally, <laughs> sharing those with my kids, and I'm loving it. It's great. They're like, oh my these are awesome. I'm like, yeah, I know they're awesome. They're, they're so campy, <laughs> but they're great. <laughs> All right, so I think the, you know the rest of the episode kind of falls into just this series of really epic fights between uh, mm-hmm. Cad Bane and Finnick, and, uh, and 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 they just have this amazing uh, series of fights where they're very athletic. They're using all of the tricks that they have against each other. Uh, you know, flamethrowers, the the mines, the, the whatever it is, you name it, they've got they've they've got it, and they're they've got to put everything in, or they're not going to get out of this alive. And um, during all of this fighting, Omega manages to figure her own way out. Where she's just like, "Okay, forget you guys. I see that that pod is working, and I'm going to go do that." <laughs> and uh, and I started noticing how similar she is to Boba from mm-hmm. what we've seen him as a kid um especially in this scene where she is trying to get away um i really saw that cleverness Mm -hmm. and that bravery and um you know now i'm starting to draw the connections now that i know who she is Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. definitely I, i think that you really see uh she has the skills of all of the clone force 99 because she is that pure version of uh of jango fett at his best and um and it's good to see her like kind of start really leaning into those especially like when she jumps on toto's head and just like rides him down to the to the yeah. pot that was great <laughs> it was like anakin in uh, revenge of the sith yeah yes <laughs> like the lava you know just like yeah <laughs> you, you gotta figure it out right that's <laughs> just, yeah. just yep. make it work <laughs> and so uh and and then again like you come back to the fact that there's no force powers just the that darn good and um and that's it goes back to Django fett's fight with obi-wan right where uh he's able to actually fight a jedi and not 
uh, and, and put him on the ropes, like almost take him out. And, you know, Cad Bane can almost make that claim, too, because Cad Bane's had a couple of times where he's, uh, through the cleverness and all the trickery that he's been able to set up everything for, uh, he took on Anakin in his prime and, and managed to get out of it. Not necessarily win, but enough mm-hmm. of a win uh, by trapping his Padawan and, and everything. that it, it's, it counts. It definitely shows you how good Cad Bane, uh, Cad Bane is. Which then shows you how good <laughs> Fennec Shand is, right? They're all these just right. amazing, uh, amazing people that are able to keep up through their skill uh, with these guys that have literal supernatural powers. And so uh, we see her hotwire the the pod back into order. She gets it going. She launches herself off of the deck. We think she's getting away, and the pod is just too far gone and runs out of power. And as she's falling, um, she's captured by some sort of ship. And when the door opens, it's Wrecker's face that we see smiling down at her, ready to bring her back into the fold. And, um, and we get that scene where she's talking with Hunter and asking why exactly it is that she's being so heavily chased. And he has to tell her that she is the clone of Django Fett. And the very last scene we get is Nala say telling Fennec Shand that it doesn't matter that she doesn't have Omega. It's okay. As long as she's not in the hands of anyone that's going to take her to the empire. Any final thoughts? Yeah. So, well, I've got a few. So, um, Nala say hired Fennec. Um, why? Right. Like why is Omega so precious to her? We know she kind of had a relationship with Boba too, right? Um, from the movies. So, um, does Nala say, like, is she, does she have a motherly sort of just maternal care for Omega? Um, did not, was Nala say involved in creating Omega? Um, and therefore does she feel some kind of relationship to her? Um, or is there something more, you know, um, Lama Sue at the beginning says, of course, reiterates, right, this personal interest, quote unquote, that Nala say has. Um, so it's like, you know, what what is the um what is the connection, right? Why is why is she so in, invested in Omega that she would literally hire a bounty hunter behind Lama Sue's back? Right, like that's the prime minister of Camino, well, and with the intention of of killing the second in command, basically. Yeah, that's this is intense. Yeah, so it's like, what's what else is going on that we don't know about? Right? Why? What's Nalise up to? Um, at the same time, and I mean, is Nalise planning to take over Camino? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's going on? So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that. I don't know. That's that's pretty. Much, I, I don't. I'm wondering. Well, well I, I think we uh, may may have like forgot to talk about this a little more when we uh, brought it up. But the the alien that came out of the the tube, mm-hmm. the tank, it looked like a Kaminoan. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Did we mention that? I don't know if I forgot. It looked, we did. No. It looked big too. It was big, slender, gray yeah. looking alien. Uh, it was very much, yeah, I was, I mean, I was 99% sure it was a Kaminoan, yeah. right? So, it's like, thinking about, like, what, 
like what's the, what's the whole like purpose of them trying to because if you remember from the first episode uh the, the Kaminoans were desperate to um and correct me if I'm wrong uh if there's any more context that needs to be added to it but they they were desperate for for more clones just because they wanted to fulfill like a, a contract with the Empire right or something like that they just mm-hmm. wanted they're, they're, yeah, so maybe Nala say is is trying to like you briefly mentioned uh do her own thing have their own clone maybe form her own clones and and you know to to defend themselves uh and and make sure you know she doesn't go to the hands of the empire rather she can she can clone omega herself and and they get they can form their own army to defend themselves and not have to rely on these contracts or or anything like that Right. Well, and we see in the Mandalorian that it's not the Kaminoans who are doing the cloning anymore. It's the actual Empire remnants that are doing it. Yeah, that's one thing that I thought about, too. Like Dr. Pershing had that um, symbol of the of Kamino or the Kaminoans, mm-hmm. the cloning symbol. Um, so how is he connected to the, all this? Right. Like, did he work with? Nala say maybe like on the Lolo <laughs> under the table. Um, was he like some sort of apprentice or something? What, you know, what um, did maybe the, the emperor was he working, was Palpatine working with the Kaminoans like behind the scenes to try to get his own project done. Dr. Pershing was somehow involved with that. I mean, you could go on and on with all these, these, con- these theories. Um, but yeah, I think Dr. Pershing also is sort of a loose end with this where, you know, um, he could, I mean, if it weren't for that symbol, to me, it's like he could have just been some other scientist that knew how to clone stuff. But the fact that he had that mm-hmm. symbol that's so tied to Camino, you know, in all the previous lore, it, it raises that question for me. I think one of the things that Star Wars is really good at is um, addressing an empire that's, po- or addressing a, a galaxy that's, that's post uh, hyperspace travel, right? Where there are all of these communities that developed their own technologies and then they got hyperspace travel and they started being able to really move around the uh the galaxy so like bacta is a specific it comes from a specific race in the star wars uh lore and and so and, and lots of there's lots of little things like that and so the, you also you also have just the the designs of the um the different ships uh they're very specific to like certain cultures you know so the big bubble type ships are for the the some of the aquan races uh and that they're designed because they come from a seafaring or a, a sea living background. And so they look like almost coral or something like that. Um, so to say that the Kaminoans were the only ones that developed cloning technologies is not a far cry for star Wars, which is really neat because it kind of harkens back to the fact that, yeah, I mean, maybe if, if we are, if we become a starfaring race as humans, uh, what is the thing that we're going to bring to the stars that's a technology that was unique to us maybe we're the only ones that learned how to split the atom right maybe we're the only ones that developed nuclear technology and that's how we got to space but everybody else did it a different way and so we bring in this new technology of like oh yeah hey we can 
create this really cheap, awesome energy. And that's our, our way of getting to the stars. Um, so I, I like that concept. I like, I like that idea. And so to see, to, to see Pershing tied back to the Kaminoans is a really cool thought. It really kind of, it fits with everything else that Star Wars does in that direction. Yeah. Um, another thing that I wrote down in my notes tied to Camino was actually, I believe the very last scene was this exchange between Omega and Hunter where um, he basically assures her, you're never going back to Camino. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we're going back to Camino. That's what that that always means. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. So the question is like, why are we going back to Camino? Right? Like, why are we going to end up there? Um, And is she going to be taken again? Because I know, you know, Andrew, you brought up a really good point earlier that they sort of like tied up at least for this present time that she's not going to be constantly, you know, we're not going to go on this back and forth with her getting taken. And, you know, it's like Liam Neeson all over again. But, um, but, you know, we're probably going to end up back there so (laughs) why um more questions so (laughs) any any theories on that i mean nala say is i mean even though she kind of looks good for you know protecting omega for telling fennec not to go after her i'll say still a villain i mean i'll I don't, let's not forget what she did to fives. Like she, you know, like she, she can't be forgiven for that. Um, so I think whatever her intentions are with Omega, I think they're going to come back to fruition. I think it's just a matter of, you know, maybe for narrative sake that, uh, to take a break from, from that. So the, the bad batch, you know, can run into some other adventures, but I think ultimately we have to find out like what, are well, what's Nala's intentions and and uh, what 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 do they really really want to you know with Omega uh, or what does she herself want individually? Um, so I, that's my guess as to why we'll we'll, we'll ultimately go back there. Yeah, because I'm under the assumption, and I don't know if you guys are too, and maybe uh, enlighten me if this has already been established, but that Camino was destroyed. Um, to kind of cover the empires behind, you know, essentially. I think that was previous lore. That was the okay previous canon, the expanded universe before the way it is now. So, so yeah, I'm. It, it would make sense, right? If they do it um, now, I mean, destroying Geonosis. These are the same people that did that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if they don't want any more cloning happening you know to um overthrow the new empire then it would make sense um to get rid of camino so that's my thought um but so in, in that respect then does possibly is nala say the one who survives somehow mm. um and we're maybe going to see her later like on the mandalorian or something crazy like that um <laughs> so um yeah, I, I am wondering what all is, um, if Camino is going to continue to come back, especially um, as Thomas was saying, you know, everything is tied back to Django and we have so many clones running around. 
<laughs> the galaxy now that we didn't know um we're still there. So it's like all those Jedi that um, survived Order 66. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they have this? I, th- I think they're getting a wait list for Boba, F- Boba, Boba Fett and Mandalorian. Like, you know, it's, it's the, like <laughs> supposedly, you know, Thrawn, Luke Skywalker, Grogu, Nalus, <laughs> Omega. Like, no. So I don't know. I keep worrying. I, I mean, just, just our titular characters here. I just can't stop asking, like, you know, like they're not in Rebels. Right. You know, I don't know. Like, where? Huh? Where are they? I don't know what, you know, like they, they're not just the kinds of guys to go like Thanos farm homestead type, you know, off in the middle of nowhere with their helmets up on, you know, helmets and armor making scarecrows in the field. Like, I don't really anticipate that with them. I mean, goodness sakes, Rex can't even take his armor off. (laughs) Which, by the way, it must have some elasticity because I'm not knocking Rex, but, you know, in Heroes, or in Heroes, yeah, Heroes, in in Rebels, he has... um, He's a little heftier than he, he once oh, yeah. was in his younger years. And that, <laughs> that armor's, it's snug, but it still fits. Because so. Rebels got to tie him through to the guy that was on Indoor, right? That's, you gotta, Indeed. Yeah. Got to fit those two together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we're pretty sure that, that Dave Filoni did pretty much canonize that. So, Oh, yeah. If, if he hasn't canonized it, he's definitely said that, <laughs> that that's who yeah. he modeled that character off of. So, <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Anything else? I think did I did I mention did I mention I think I mentioned that a few episodes. There, there, you can look it up on Google. There's the Forces of Destiny picture that I think oh, I mentioned yeah. that before. Mm-hmm. The the Endor, and you can see the the arm plates just like Rex has yeah. on that guy. So yeah, yeah I think he's he's slipping he's, that in there. It's totally, yeah, <laughs> it's Rex. Come on, it's it's Rex. We'll we'll all just agree that it is. All right. I think uh, one more thing was um, I just wanted to give a shout out to Toto uh, for being some. Uh, humor in this oh, episode yeah. i oh. really liked how seth, seth green, green um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. delivered especially that that line where he kind of wakes up um bane um turns him back on and then he's like mr bane she's quite obviously right, right there <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh he's so good the droid, the droid personalities in star wars yeah. are always fantastic <laughs> love the droid personality all right, uh, that is it from us. What did you think of this episode of The Bad Batch? Be sure to email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page and let us know. You can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com and find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. And don't forget to provide us with some uh, title ideas for that segment about the uh, Star Wars waiting line uh, names. Um, We'd like to take a moment now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Rob H., Peter H., Frank C., Claire R., and David G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows here at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show and Apple Podcasts. We will not be charging you for that, so we're not going to be a premium show. We're going to stay available for you but do subscribe because that helps us google play stitcher TuneIn, spotify and iHeartRadio, or on the sqpn youtube channel to find previous episodes of secrets of star wars please visit sqpn.com slash star wars join us again next week as we discuss the next exciting episode of the bad batch until then andrew hermans it's nice having you it was a pleasure thank you for joining me as well mike creepy Oh, the pleasure as always. <laughs> and you as well, Angela Cialana. Nice having you. 
Hey. <laughs> and once again, I'm Thomas Senhurho. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>